Everyone's going crazy. Everyone's going nuts. I'll get into some crown jewel chatter here in a little bit. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Taz Show. Appreciate that. You're doing that on radio.com app. Or you're doing it on radio.com, the website, or maybe Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your pods. I appreciate you supporting my content, uh, as always. Thank you for all the love and support for all this time and the hundreds upon hundreds of episodes. Or maybe you're new to my content. Uh, just keep in mind, I am what they call an elite content provider i don't fuck around okay i don't play fucking games i bring the wood for hundreds of episodes that's me taz ego shit and jones okay anyway i digress so the crown jewel yeah um yikes uh boy this is one of those moments right where you know i know i know um when i i first heard i did not watch this live live jones just so you know and i i watched about 85.3 percent of the show okay i saw the important stuff let's put it that way um uh i, I gotta tell you this stuff when i first heard about the bad booking it almost sparked me to watch the show <laughs> As crazy as that sounds, you know, I'm not joking. I'm like, okay, what the hell are these people doing? I, I gotta watch this, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I, I gotta tell you, I, 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 you look, um, I know it's supposed to come out here and rip the booking, and I'm trying to look at and be a little optimistic in this. So, I'm, I'm not gonna give you what you're getting from a lot of other people. It's like, what the fuck are they doing? Oh my god, that sucked. That was stupid. That was ridiculous. The booking was horrible. All right, well, there's there's going to be some of that. Yeah, the booking was for a lot of the matches was not smart uh, and and not good and not. It's definitely not endearing you WWE to the people who pay money for your you know subscribe to your network, not the free audience, the one that pays for your network. So you definitely pissed off a lot of them. To be honest with you, everywhere I've looked, every reaction, social media just. Or on the internet, which I think is social media. Regardless, it just sounds good. Uh, anywhere, three or four people I've spoken to: one who works for WWE, two um, who work, well, used to work closely with at WWE with Vince. All said this was just not good. The way it was booked. Um, I'm not even getting into why it was booked in this country and, and the political end of shit. I'm not going to get into that and how bad it looks and all that stuff. I'm not going to get into my political views. Uh, but, you know, I, that I'm watching this show and I'm like, I don't care if in Saudi Arabia or I don't care if it's in, you know, uh, San, San Bernardino, California. I don't give a shit if it's, 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 it's in, in, in. You know, Winnipeg, Canada, or 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 you know, uh, Manchester, UK. I don't care where it is. The booking was not smart, but 
I'm going to try and be a little um, not optimistic, but I'll be a little bit like kind of put a different light on some of the stuff in, in no particular order. Right. So if you, if, so I'll get into that in a second. But the, so they had Hulk Hogan come in because they wanted to bring in that star power because they had, you know, stars for sure, superstars on it. But John Cena, Daniel Bryan pulled out of the thing. So and for their reasons and, and which I respect. Um, so they, they had Hulk Hogan in there and to kick off the thing, kind of like an MC and, you know, that jazz and, and to bring that 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 presence and that star power and that that, you know, He's Hulk Hogan, no matter what you may think, he he's he's a, a household name. Um and um, you know, so I I I had no problem with that. I I really I had no problem with that at all. I understand they had to call an audible because of the whole Cena stuff and Daniel Bryan. I get it. All right, so okay, it, it just not to be like disjointed here. I I wanna because I started the show off here, this podcast talking about Shane McMahon. That he's king of the world or best in the world, whatever the trophy signif- uh, is significant of it in regards to this tournament. Um, okay, I, so I'll, I'll work a little backwards. It's going to be a little disjointed as I talk. I'm not going to do like what you know a lot of people do, and sometimes I've been guilty of too. Okay, we go match number one. You know, we'll, we'll go. Okay, we're going to go match segment one. You know, we had well, we saw uh, the U.S. champion Nakamura. He beat Rusev, and then we saw the hoaxer come out and 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 spread the joy of Hulkamania and WWE Crown Jewel. And, oh, Mysterio's back in round one of the first Cup round gimmick Jones of the Cup. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Follow the bouncing ball. You fuckers are smart enough. You guys know what you're doing. Okay. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Then I'll go backtrack a little bit later on. But so the Shane McMahon deal, he ended up in the finals. Okay. He, Shane, beat Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Dolph's a raw guy. Shane is the grand high, exalted, mystic ruler, the, the GM of SmackDown. Well, as the bulk of you know, uh, the match was the finals were actually Miz versus Ziggler, but Miz ended up getting injured in storyline fashion. He they, they did a simple little spot where um, Ziggler was on the outside of the ring selling, and while Ziggler was selling, Miz just jumped off the apron to go after Ziggler selling. As Miz jumped off the apron, he was supposed to look like, you know, he buckled his ankle and hurt his ankle and was selling, and the ref was checking him, ref was checking him, Shane McGram was on the outside representing SmackDown, as was Corbin representing Raw, and then, you know, Shane's like, can you go, can you go, Miz, can you go, can you go, and then they had the, the threat of the show, not the threat, that's, that's an exaggeration, uh, several times in the show, they had Michael Cole hit the fact of SmackDown, that if the Miz does, is not victorious at Crown Jewel and gets the cup, that you know the, the, that he's the best in the world or whatever that he will not have a home if he loses he will not have a home at smackdown that's what shane put down and cole hit that sprinkled it in the show it wasn't the threat he sprinkled it in the show a good amount which i thought was good and then it's like if you didn't watch this you're thinking okay they're telling a good story here nobody ever nobody ever even if i didn't hear these results before i watched it nobody ever would have thought they did what they did this definitely was a shock and all thing one of the shocking or booking moments on the crown jewel. <laughs> I'm not even getting into the universal title thing yet, but so basically um, Miz was hurt. He couldn't continue for those that didn't see it. And then Shane, they were about to crown uh, Ziggler the winner, which means raw would have won. And Ziggler was going to be the winner of this, of this, this tournament. 
And Shane wasn't going to have it. He said, no, 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 no. He told the referee, no, 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 bullshit, bullshit. I'm going to go in his place, tell the ring announcer, tell the ring announcer, I'm going to go in his place, boom, boom, boom. And then next, now you have, next thing you know, we have Ziggler versus Shane McMahon, much to the chagrin of, of Ziggler. He's like, no, this is bullshit. I don't want to, no, my mom, I just, you know, he's been selling. He went through a match earlier, you know, like so. So, and Michael Cole, by the way, during this was phenomenal. So, and I think this is one of the little optimistic things I'm going to tell you, okay? Michael Cole laid down the fact that <clears throat> this is bullshit, what's happening. It's not right, okay? Uh, Ziggler just got done working with a match earlier against Kurt Angle, which, you know, he won, but he went through hell with Olympic gold medalist type of thing. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And then he just he's in the match here with the Miz where he's getting his ass kicked. So, you know, now you're going to have Shane McMahon as fresh as the days he going here, and Shane's not even sanctioned to be in a match. What the fuck is going on? So that's kind of was Michael Cole's narrative. Now, I'm going to let you know. Michael Cole was great in that. He's very good at that. When he's indignant about something and he's angry, he's great on air because he knows how to bring real shit. He knows what he's doing, Cole. But I'm going to let you know, the same people who booked some shitty finishes at Crown Jewel were the same people who produced and allowed Cole to go into that route on commentary about Shane McMahon against Ziggler. I'm promising you that. That's how this works. So that's something you got to keep in mind. Just before everybody thinks the sky's falling, WWE, oh, my God, oh, my God. Look, I'm just letting you know, when I heard Cole's commentary, I'm like, okay, maybe they realize this might have been a bad move. And we got to put some kind of, not heat on Shane, but heat on the booking without saying the booking. You know what I mean? That's what I thought. Maybe because I worked there for a long time and, and worked in different capacities, so I, I know how they think. Um, I don't want to say that I know every move they're going to make, but I, I'm pretty good at knowing how they think. Um, and that's what I thought when I heard Cole go into that commentary and that stance on, on, you know, on the deal there. And which I thought, I thought was good. I thought it helped because for the hardcore fan, the fan that for most of the subscribers to WWE network that are true hardcore wrestling fans, and they're going to go watch indie wrestling and they've been watching WWE for years. And they're the ones that bitch and complain about WWE, but yet still support WWE. You know, it's passionate. They care about wrestling for those people that can hear through, that can hear what Cole's saying and realize it's the office telling them to say this. It's the office giving them the okay to have that narrative. That's not Michael Cole going to business for himself. I can assure you Cole's not working there for the amount of decades he has by going into business for himself. He's not a stupid fucking dude, I promise. <laughs> so that's the deal on that. Um, now, the physical stuff they did with Shane and Ziggler, I got no problem with that. The coast to coast, that's how he got the victory, Shane. You know, I mean, I give the guy credit for a guy that's not a, a daily in-ring performer and a guy that at the end of the day is not a trained pro wrestler, but been around the business since he's a little kid and worked in every capacity from building rings to being on the road and just bringing out, just doing everything. He's paid his dues. His dad made sure he paid his dues when he was little. I noticed, and I know Shane, I respect Shane. I like Shane. Um, and, and Shane's, uh, you know, he trains, he trains in MMA. He's always lifting, he's always eating good. He knows how to bump. He knows what he's doing in the ring. Um, is, does, is he looked at as a full blown bona fide pro wrestler? No, I don't look at him like that, but I've worked with him. I've worked with him in, in matches where it was, I think it was a handicap match, him and Booker T against me. I've done business with him and I'm right on and I got no problem with it. You know what I mean? I, but nothing, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but there's a difference when you are truly, 
a guy who humps the world, humps the road, or a woman who humps the road as a, as a worker, a true bona fide worker that works regularly, night in, night 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 out, and works on the road, and you're a, a true pro wrestler. I don't look at Shane like that, and that's not me disrespecting Shane. I don't want to come off that way because I like Shane. I respect Shane. For a guy that's not a full blown blown pro wrestler, he whenever he does his physicality in the ring and the shit he does, it's always pretty good, and I respect him. I've always thought that of Shane. Uh, so what he did with Ziggler, I thought was good. The physical end, um, do not like the finish whatsoever. Hate the fact that he won. Hate the fact that he got the trophy. I like the fact that while he was celebrating the trophy, Shane, I like that he's saying something paraphrasing again, like, ah, it's for SmackDown. I did it for SmackDown. Yes, SmackDown. Like, so he's being a team guy and all that kind of shit. And I'm assuming that's how they're going to spin it on Tuesday on SmackDown Live. So, uh, you know, I get that. Okay, that's fine. I, I can I can deal with that part, but he still did not have to win the fucking match. He shouldn't have been in the match, you know, but for whatever reason, this is the angle they wanted to shoot. Um, I don't think that, um, you know, I, I don't think that he should have won the match. Like I said, I want to be clear on that. I, I, I But I'm not going to act like a lot of other people where it's like the sky's falling, you know, like I said earlier, because this guy won a match. Okay, that's not only, that's not, there's also like, you know, other issues here, right? So it's just, not, I mean, with the card, with the booking, that's not the only issue. As, as most of you guys know And like I said, the universal title is sitting there We're going to talk about that in a little bit here But, um, you know, uh, for me um, I, I, Would I have gotten to the, to the fact To the point of having Ziggler versus Miz I mean, I don't know I, I, I mean, those guys are two journeymen Not journeymen, those guys are two company guys That have been there for a long time And really busted their ass And I respect both of them very much They're both really good workers They're both really good on the mic um, It wasn't predictable I like that, that they were the finals um, I did think they would have had Mysterio He went to the final four But I thought he would have went to the final two They didn't do that, obviously Um uh, you know, I, I, I liked all the matches I, I did, I, I liked Rollins Lashley, I liked Angle Zig And I, I liked Orton Miz uh, I'm sorry, Orton Mysterio And definitely Miz and, and Hardy, I mean they were all good matches you got all, These are all, these are, you know These are um, uh, You know, eight pros pros that, that are going in this thing, you know Between the, the, the men I just mentioned So these are, you know, these guys know what the fuck they're doing So you're only going to get good matches But I I thought and because Mysterio's back, he's back, he's back. He looks great, he works great. He's you know he's the man. And Mysterio's fucking just if you get ever get a chance to know the guy, he's just fucking great guy, uh, and he's a true superstar. I I, I would have had I would have kind of liked it a little better if they would have went just let's just say you know Miz and um, uh, I'm sorry Ziggler and Mysterio against Mysterio. But you know the storyline's better with the whole Shane McMahon thing and Miz and and the pressure he put on Miz. That he has to win I, So I do get that part um, But regardless I um, You know I, That's what you gotta watch And sometimes if you You know if you book yourself in a corner It happens And when you're booking as much Talent and shows and matches And all this shit Content that the WWE does You know sometimes you can get into a position Where you are booking yourself in a corner Or booking yourself where You have to do certain things a certain way um, and it could definitely, you know, uh, it could definitely tick 
some people off and a lot of people are ticked off because they were booked in the corner and because of the way they they did some stuff and i'll get it deeper into uh, a lot of the other parts of the show here in a second but talking about doing things you got to do i got to take care of some business with my good friends over at rocket mortgage by quicken loans i love quicken you know that the Taz show is supported by rocket mortgage by quicken loans and they are introducing their all new rate shield approval oh uh, yes rate shield approval if you are in the market to buy a home Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. That's pretty cool, man. That's huge right there. To get started, very simple process. All you got to do is go to rocketmortgage.com slash Taz. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on... Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. That's an MLMS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. They call it Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. I call them my friends. Yes. So, uh, wait, hold on a second. Enjoy this tune. Let's take, take a sip of Java. La, 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 la. Hold on. Ah, so unprofessional. You know what? I do that shit on national radio with uh, Taz and the Moose, on, with me and Mark Malusis. So, don't matter. I'll, I'll drink shit while I'm working. I don't care. I just that's how I am. No frill Jones. No frills Jones. So, anyways, um, so what else do we have? So, yeah. So, anyway, that's my whole deal with, with Shane winning the gimmick. Um, and Cole, if you listen, Michael Cole said a line. Um, I, I don't want to quote quote the line, but I'm pretty close on the line. He said, no idea how he, meaning Shane, is going to be proud of that, meaning after Shane won. So, again, that's a line that is fed to him probably directly by Vince McMahon, which I, b- reports say Vince was backstage. So, uh, and I'm assuming Vince was the man who you know mainly was the book behind how these finishes went and definitely i would assume you know uh, producing the announcers um on commentary and all that jazz so but again uh in that in that finals i thought michael cole was great and and i thought that he hit on a lot of very important things and again i tried to show you some of the you know maybe not optimism but where it's like you can't act like oh my god the world's coming to an end because shane mcmahon won the gimmick he shouldn't have won it I agree with everybody on that. And like I said, everywhere I looked, everybody said that he should not have won that. Uh, everywhere else I looked said that Brock Lesnar should not have won the vacant universal title. Okay. Uh, and I have to tell you, I agree. I'm a little surprised. Um, I, I think that, and I love Brock, you know that. I mean, he's my man. But I do think that maybe, just maybe they wanted to go with, at Survivor Series, you know, you're going to have AJ Styles, WWE champ, against Universal champ, Brock Lesnar. I'm pr- pretty sure that's what's going down. They did advertise uh, several matches for Royal Rumble um, at Crown Jewel during the, the extra show. So I I would assume they feel they can get a much better match or get whatever they need out of Brock versus AJ as opposed to Braun versus AJ. I, I don't know. I, I'm assuming that. I I'm just giving my my perspective on it. I didn't talk to anyone. I'm just talking about how I would see it. But regardless, um, I uh, I was surprised. I was surprised that they had Brock. Won- they had Brock win that match. Um, I really was. Um, look, the way the company looks at it, Brock is a massive star, big, huge name, and he is. And I, I love Braun Strowman too. And you guys all love Braun Strowman. But to be honest with you, <laughs> Brock is a bigger name than than Braun. 
Uh, he is. He's just a bigger name. He's been around longer uh, you know, as, form of, as far as being a UFC champion and all he's done in MMA and um, his all his years and years of success in WWE. Paul Heyman being his advocate on air and behind the scenes, obviously, you know, Paul, obviously trying to help him out the best he can and, 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 and help book that the right way and, and be involved with that. I'm sure they listen to Paul's insight on that. And, and I would think the unfortunate turn of events that we found out about, you know, Roman Reigns and, and his, his health issues and battling uh, uh, leukemia again. And, 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 and we pray for him. Um, this changed a lot of what their story arcs were. That's where I think you can't, again, fucking throw your head against the wall in anger and rage at WWE. I Look, you guys know the deal here. I don't get paid by fucking WWE. They don't fucking acknowledge me. They ignore me like I'm fucking, like I'm dead gum under someone's fucking pumas. Those are sneakers for those that don't know. I mean, they, they don't even acknowledge me. So, like, I have no interest in fucking putting them over. I'm Almost like every third podcast I do out here, I'm burying myself with them to maybe be considered for their Hall of Fame. That's probably not happening. And their Hall of Fame is going down in 2019 in my hometown. I still don't think it's happening. So I have no interest in here. I have no agenda. You guys know me. I'm fucking Blunt Jones. I don't fucking dick around. I'm transparent as shit. Uh, and I'm telling you, I, I, I am, am I disappointed that they put it back on Brock? Yes. I'd like to see Braun get big, powerful push run Jones with that universal title. But they had a call again, another audible here. They had to call an audible because Cena and Daniel Bryan were going. They had to call an audible now because of the unfortunate health situation that, that the real life situation that poor Roman Reigns is dealing with. So, WWE is doing the best they feel that they have to do business-wise in regards to, all right, well, we want to give, we look, they know, they know when we put this match out there, Braun versus Brock, it's not just the millions we're getting from, from, from the people from Saudi Arabia and the crown jewel and all that shit and all the business we're going to be doing with, with, with that country, meaning WWE. They're putting their championship on this guy here, on Brock. So, yeah, it could pop the house or whatever, I guess. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, if, if, if Brock doesn't have it long, but they're already advertising. <clears throat> they're already advertising, um, you know, for Raw Rumble. Like I said, they're already advertising uh, uh, Brock versus AJ. So, you know, uh, for the Raw Rumble. Now, that could change. We've seen that for years and years. You guys know that. I mean, uh um, you know, their, their, their title, I saw it over the weekend, their title is the Beast Conquers the Monster at uh, WWE Crown Jewel, their title for their push for, for Raw, meaning for Raw on November 5th. So, um, you know, I, they, they're going to, they're gonna I, even on that, I think they're going to come out where, where they're going to have, what's his name, uh, Braun Strowman go fucking crazy on Raw, be pissed off, be furious, be angry, be ticked because he lost and shit like that. It's probably going to destroy a bunch of people. Is is um, you know, is it going to be a, a quick turnaround title change where they do some kind of a pop the house thing on Raw and they give a chance at um, they give Brock another shot? Now he gets a shot at at Brock, uh, Braun. I should say gets a shot at Brock. I think I said that the first time. And then Brock, Brock loses the match, and then you know, next thing you know, you have Braun now tomorrow night as a champion. I, I don't think that's happening because they would have announced that. I, I don't. I don't think that's happening one iota. Um, you know, uh, it, it's it's to me, it's something that they had to call an audible. They had to. They had no choice to call an audible. Um, 
I'm going to read you a quick statement here from UFC's Dana White about Brock Lesnar, you know, now being the universal champion and to fight uh, in the UFC very soon. Now, this is from PW Insider, my good friends there. You know, Mike Johnson's my man. Obviously, Dave Shearer, he's the boss, the the grand high exalted mystic ruler, speaking of, of, of the PW Insider. He's the fucking Vince McMahon of uh, PW Insider. I know Dave a long time, a lot of years. I haven't talked to him in a while, but I know him a long time. So, yeah, this is from uh, Dave Shearer on PW Insider. Dana White was interviewed after... Last night's UFC event, champion Daniel Cormier won, and White said that he would expect his next fight to be against Brock Lesnar. White said that he hasn't talked to Brock in a while and that he was off doing his WWE thing. That's funny. But he expects Cormier next fight to be against Lesnar. Whether Brock will still be the universal champion when that happens, question mark, will be well, that'll be determined. So um so that's it. So so Dana White, he don't give a rat's ass. Uh, you know, again, that's credit to PW Inside and, and Dave Shearer. He don't give a rat's ass about what WWE's doing with Brock one bit. He told you that in that sentence. He's doing his WWE thing. Like he's f- fucking like some kid who's like loyal to one team on Little League, like a travel Little League team, and like he goes to play for a different team. Yeah, he's going to play for that other team, little, little, uh, that other little, little team instead of our big team. Like that point is, maybe that was a shitty example, but I just gave you one. The point is, the fucking Dana White don't give a shit about WWE. Or what, he's got an agreement with Brock, and that's that, and he don't need to talk to him. He's got him, you know, whatever his agreement is, and that's that, and 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 he looks at Brock as a pro that'll be in shape and ready to fight Cormier when that time is, whatever. So <clears throat> this, you know, he's saying WWE thing. That right there tells you, you know, <laughs> Dana don't care, and 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 I don't even know if Brock has to, whatever the language is in the contract, if Brock has to talk to Dana and say, hey, look, they want me to put the title on me, they're going to do this to me. You know, he, Dana knows it's a work, WWE, so, and and he's not, he trusts Brock that he's not going to do bad business, and Brock wouldn't do bad, bad business. He's business. He's not, you know, he's not stupid. He's, he's not this successful in his career in pro wrestling and in MMA, if he was a stupid businessman. And I know the man personally. He's not a stupid businessman, meaning Brock. So I would assume that maybe once they get rolling WWE um, with um, uh, Royal Rumble, I'm thinking out loud here as I'm thinking that maybe they wouldn't. I'm just thinking spitballing with myself. I don't think they would do something like take this title off of Brock until he works AJ at the uh, Royal Rumble. You know, that's, yeah, you can't because it's only a couple of weeks away. I'm sorry, not Royal Rumble. I apologize. Survivor Series, you guys know what I meant. I, I, poof, poof, ah, there. Because they're advertising AJ versus Brock, you know, champion versus champion. You got to maybe just then you got to have AJ win the match if you're going that route. You got to just go that route because I don't think, less I checked, uh, a raw Monday night, okay, on November fifth. I do not think that Brock Lesnar is advertised for that show. So here you got a new champion, and he might not be at Raw. I mean, I think they would advertise him unless I missed something, and I apologize if I did. But I don't, I don't think um, that he's uh, that he's advertised to be on Raw. So meaning Brock the Beast. So um, you know he's not. I mean, I, I. I do know they're going to probably go that route where you see him go crazy, meaning Braun Strowman and maybe destroy some people and he's going to be fucking pissed because he lost. Um, 
I don't think that he's advertised as I record this podcast right now, meaning Brock Lesnar for Raw. And that's part of the, the, the fucking issue that pissed a lot of people off because they feel like, well, WWE pushes Brock really hard, but Brock can't make the dates or Brock's got to, you know. And I've talked about that before. You can't get fucking mad at Brock if Brock has a great contract or has a days clause to protect him. From working too much That's not Brock's fault If WWE chooses to push, promote And drive a guy And get a guy over And give a guy a lot of opportunities That works a less of a schedule Well, that's WWE's prerogative That's who you get mad at WWE, <laughs> you can't get mad at Brock You know, it's like Imagine you go to work Everybody you work with works 40 hours a week They work 9 to 5 And you work for me, I'm the boss Whatever business it is you know, and, and I say to you, Joe Blow, hey, Joe, you know what? I like you. I like you, and you're good at your job. You don't have to work 40 hours a week, bro. You know what? You could work 25 hours a week, and while everybody else works 9 to 5, you work 9 to 12 noon. And I'm going to pay you probably 20% more than I pay everybody else. What are you going to say to me if I tell you that, ladies and gentlemen? If I'm your boss, you work for me. Are you going to say, no, 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 I want to work till five. I want to put the 40 hours in like everybody else. It's unfair if you pay me more and I'm working less than them. You're not going to say that. No, nor should Brock. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, that's bad business. It's stupid. <clears throat> you get my drift on this. So uh, anyway, um, I don't know. It, it, it's definitely interesting. I mean, th- that they put it back on Brock and it definitely got a lot of people wondering. And they're in the UK. They're in Manchester. I mentioned Manchester earlier. And, I, and then I, uh, I had in my notes that they're in Manchester, you know, the WWE at Raw, I should say. So, so we'll see. Um, maybe Brock is going to be there. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see him advertised, like I said. So, um, but it should be interesting, uh, you know, what happens on Raw for sure. Uh, so we'll see. But the other thing that I want to talk about with the uh, Crown Crown, I almost called it Crown Royal. Jeez, I don't even drink Crown Royal. Uh, there's other announcers in pro wrestling that drink, drink Crown Royal, but I won't say their names. Um, <laughs> they might drink too much of it at times, but that's a whole other story in, in fun jocularity form. Um, what was I going to say? Yes, I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, the situation with uh, – with the DX, right? So DX, they beat the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and The Undertaker. <clears throat> now, so uh, as most of you guys know, um, Triple H ended up getting injured in this match. A torn peck is the reports, and that I believe he's from the reports I saw over the weekend that he was flying back to the United States here. And I would assume going to Birmingham to Dr. Andrews down there in Birmingham, Alabama, Who's uh, an elite um, orthopedic surgeon for uh, the the bulk of professional athletes for the past twenty something years? Uh, and WWE uh, deals with a lot with WWE talent, and WWE sends a lot of their talent to them for injuries. When I tore my bicep um, when I was working for WWE during a match, they wanted to send me down to Alabama, but I said I'd rather go. I don't want to fly with this injury because it hurt like a son of a bitch, and my bicep tendon was up in my fucking shoulder, and it was gruesome. And I just didn't want to deal with that, so I said, "I, you know, I'm, I'm I live in New York. I'm sure we can find someone good." And they got me a guy with the work for the Yankees, uh, orthopedic surgeon, New York Yankees. So, you know, it worked out good for me. But regardless, um, so Triple H, uh, so it's a possible. Uh, the reports were that WWE put out uh, that at last I see a possible torn pec. Um, yeah, I, I didn't look into this anymore. But the thing is, there definitely was a pec 
tear to some degree, maybe a bicep tendon, but I think it was more a pec. And I, I don't, I, again, I don't listen to anybody else's stuff out there. I don't read a lot of the stuff because I don't like my content here with you guys to be geared in any way. So if you go, so I'll tell you what I feel, what I know happened, how he heard it and exactly where. If you watch WWE Crown Jewel, and I'll give you a time code. I never know when we do this. At uh, three uh, eighteen ten, so uh, you know, so so probably about eighteen minutes after the, um, which is eighteen three eighteen ten. Is my right? I think I'm right on that number. Three eighteen ten. The spot was basically simple. You saw uh, Triple H get thrown over as he was getting sailed over the top. He hooked. Uh, he hooked the um, the top rope and let it go quick. That's all it takes. That popped it. That's what popped whatever tendon or muscle or whatever he has going on in his pec. That's what did it. Okay. I don't, it wasn't the announced desk. I, I, I heard some of that stuff too. It wasn't that. It was over that top rope. Um, so, uh, and by the way, by the way, I'll give you another PW insider Mike Johnson thing here. So this was from uh, November 2nd. He said, we've heard from several WWE sources. Triple H is heading to directly to Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, there you go. Um, be dealing with a right pectoral tear and officially diagnosed if needed. Uh, undergo immediate surgery. If surgery is necessary, it could be out a lot of months. Yeah, this is, um, yeah, so the thing is, that's where, how he heard it. That's how he went over the top rope and he hooked it. Again, there was nothing else that happened during the match that would have injured that peck. I'm telling you this from experience, right? Because I've, like I just told you, I've torn tendons besides my bicep. But the bicep tendon is the closest thing I could relate to a peck tear. Because they're, they're very close in there. You know, a peck tendon is much bigger than a bicep tendon because your your pectoral muscles your chest muscles for those that don't know what that is are much bigger so the tendons in our bodies are bigger than on a bicep or tricep <clears throat> where they're smaller tendons regardless their tendons near each other in the upper body shoulder griddle as it's called look it i tore my fucking bicep which hurts like a motherfucker okay and i did it on a raw where I was throwing Perry Saturn back in the ring. I grabbed Perry by the back. We were outside the ring fighting, and I grabbed Perry by the back of his head with my right hand and went to just shove him back under the bottom rope into the ring because we were getting counted out. As I grabbed Perry by the back of his head, our timing was off a tad. He, he, I don't know, maybe Perry thought I was going to ram his head into the apron, so he reared his head back and went against my bicep as it was going forward. So it was like a, a scissor motion, which tore my bicep. Now, also, it doesn't help that Perry at that time was a big fucking strong, thick neck, strong son of a bitch. You know, so that, that it wasn't Perry's fault. It was just the timing was off. Um, if he was a smaller, feeble, weaker guy, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have tore my bicep. But it was just an issue how guys get hurt in the ring without even trying to hurt each other. Just It's an accident. It happens. And I'm letting you know that that was towards the end of our match. And you can't, I can't put into words where I got to give Triple H credit, a lot of credit. I cringed after he heard himself, how much longer he worked and he kept working. Um, I, I got I got to tip my cap to the guy. I, I know he's a tough guy. Don't get me wrong. I've worked with him. I know him. But I got to tell you, that is a tough 
fucking thing to do. It's tough on Kane. It's tough on Taker. It changes the match, and it's real tough on Shawn Michaels. But Shawn's a pro, as we know. He's a, he's a legend. So, you know, he got he got Triple H to that thing. But Triple H was in on a lot of the spots that he normally was. Do I agree that Triple H should have still got the victory for himself with the pedigree? Uh, no. I don't. I, I think if you're going to have them win the match, then have the healthy guy win and have, you know, Shawn Michaels win and, and call it a day. Um, but I'm talking about from a physical perspective that Triple H was able to contain that match. I do have to um, tip my captain. That's not easy to do. I also don't think, and again, I'm not Dr. Andrews here. I don't think that he tore that peck completely torn, torn because you would see an indent. You would see a dent in his peck right away. And if you look when at the end of the match where he was laying in the corner and he was embracing him and Shawn Michaels, Triple H and Shawn Michaels were in the corner after the win. You, if you look closely at Triple H's peck, you could see on the right side, lower side, a little bit of black and blue. That's one of the first things that happens is you start to get black and blue instantly if you guys go and you google like i know a lot of guys in the weight room bodybuilders powerlifters who've torn their pecs this happens a lot to guys that are overly muscular guys in the weight room that may be on a lot of fucking performance enhancing drugs and be where the your tendons can't keep up with the amount of muscle mass and blood flow in the body that you put and you could pop tendons when you're on an extensive amount of anabolic steroids, androgen steroids and growth hormone that definitely can happen. So I've seen that happen to guys in the gym where they tear pecs all the time and it's fucking gruesome. It hurts. It's ugly. These guys are in pain. And if you Google it, just Google it torn pack. You'll see pictures of guys where it's black and blue. So, and you'll see a dent and, and, um, um, you know, it's, you know, who has a, um, a torn pack and you know in any i guess he recovered from it um i never talked to him about it and i'm I'm drawing a blank on his name oh my god if i'm so like a knucklehead right here, it'll come to me worked for uh wwe for a long time that's vague right worked for wwe it'll come to me in a second i could see his face big jacked up bodybuilder guy oh god i'm drawing a blank on his name but whatever he you i wanted to tell you about him and i'll get his name in a second because you could see where the uh where his Peck is, he don't work for WWE anymore, where his peck is torn, like where he had that tear. Uh, and there's a lot of guys, not just the guy I'm mentioning that has a phantom name right now. How about that? Um, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, I think you got to give you got to give Triple H a, a lot of credit here for being able to finish the match. I don't I, I don't think I, I do think this is why guys that are older should not be working in the business and working long matches at a high level with a lot of pressure where, you know, especially Shawn Michaels and, and, and triple, especially Shawn Michaels and, and Michael Cole hit it great at the end of the show. And he said on the air and he said, like, these guys are not daily performers anymore. You know, and they busted their asses out here, you know, all four guys. And that's true, but you gotta be careful. And this is how you get hurt. And it, it and and he, when you get older, your body just is not the same. You you know, it's just it's not. And and you can't go and bump and do the same spots you did even five years ago. It's just it it you age quick on this thing here. Um, you know, it, it's it's a it it's it sucks to see the guy got hurt. It's also um, it's uh it's also a thing where you're not a regular performer. Yes, we know that, but you're also a front office high executive. So that right there 
causes like another issue because you have so much other shit you're dealing with. You know what I mean? So much other pressure you're dealing with. Uh, so much other stuff that's on your mind. You know, um, um, besides his personal family life, where he, him and Stephanie are married, they have kids. You know, he's 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 in Saudi Arabia. He's he's got, I'm just saying he's got a lot on his plate. This guy. And next thing you know, you're going to go in the ring, no matter if it was his idea or Vince's idea or whoever's idea, and you're going to go in the ring and work a long match. It's tough. It's tough to do. It's tough to do. And next thing you know, you get hurt. I mean, it's, you know, it sucks. And and I, I honestly, I, I'm not I'm not hoping it's for Triple H. I don't know what Triple H is, whatever he wants to do in his future as far as being an in-ring performer. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Crown Jewels the last time you ever see him in the ring. As far as working a match, you know, wrestling, I, 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 that's, that's what I think. I just think, you know, he probably realizes that ah, this is it. I, I can't, you know, I can't do this more. And he probably, I mean, unless Vince wanted him in there again, I don't know what happens between those two guys and what they're talking about. Um, but I'm just saying like, it's, um, you know, it, it, it's something where, um, it's tough to let go of sometimes. Okay, it's tough. I never had a problem with letting go. I'm I'm just saying. Like I'm not saying that's how Triple H is, but I I, I told you guys a story out here more than once where you know Triple I'm sorry where Vince talked to me uh, to uh, by the way Chris Masters boom there's the name <laughs> I told you it would hit me the guy with the torn pack that was in WWE very muscular guy if you look I think it was his left pack if memory serves me Chris Masters. He he must have torn his pec, and uh, if you look at his left pec, there's like an indent there. Um, I'm sure he's he, you know he's a definitely a muscular guy and trained hard, so he probably heard it in the past wherever. I don't know. Maybe he heard it wrestling. I really don't know, but I know it's definitely Chris Man. I couldn't remember his name. A good guy too, by the way. But anyway, back to what I was saying about Triple H and got you know guys getting injured when you're older. Like you know you just can't you can't do what you were doing. You got all this other stuff on your plate. Some guys don't want to let go. Am I saying that's Triple H? No, I, don't, I don't know if that's Triple H. It might be. I mean, you know, a lot of guys, they want to keep going because they need the money. They want to keep wrestling because they need the fucking money. Well, Triple H don't need the money. You guys know that. I mean, that last thing he needs is money. <laughs> so he's ultra successful. So that's not the case. Um, I, I, I do think that it, it's um, you got to uh, – if this is not a message, just my opinion, this will definitely keep me on the HOF. If my, the podcast two weeks ago didn't do that. If, if, especially if you want to be the leader among men and women uh, in that NXT brand and other spots, you can't take, you can't be part of main event slots and be part of any amount of minutes that other wrestlers that are younger should be wrestling. You can't do that. It's a bad look. So then those men and women start looking at you behind the scenes and they talk to private privately like, ah, it's fucked up. That dude's still in the spotlight. That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they're going to say. You know, these guys won't let go. And he and he's the boss. Like, you know, what are they going to say? And they're going to put him over to his face. Oh, you're the best. You're the great, great match. Great match. And he did. And for what he did for a guy who was injured. And like I said, Triple H, dude, I respect the fuck out of you. I, I, I've been hurt, got hurt. Uh, during matches and it's one of the toughest thing to do is to finish those matches and he did he finished it um and anyway like i said i don't i don't know if that thing was torn completely horrible because if you spend a lot of time in a weight room or training or know about bodybuilding in any degree you could look at someone's peck and tell he definitely had a little indent and it happens fast and it was a little black and blue like i said 
if he torn it completely off the bone, there was no way, like the whole pack tendon, there's no fucking way he'd be able to do any of the shit he was doing. You could see he couldn't throw a punch with his right hand. He was doing chops with his other hand. He worked around it. Good thing he was in there with Kane and Taker, who are true pros, obviously, veterans, legends, you know. Um, you know, but um, he still won the match. I, I would have called notable. I would I would have said, dude, I can't, you know, Sean, you take it on, you know, whatever, Kane, just whatever. And those guys are all pros enough to call an audible and know how to call audibles. The match, when a guy gets hurt, by the way, before I, I wrap here, when someone gets hurt on a match, especially in a tag match, it throws everything off. It throws everything off. It changes the match. Like, so you got to call a lot of audibles. And, and that's, that's what we saw here. So, I, look, I thought they did a good job. Uh, you know, it's tough. They 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 had that situation happen with the injury, and and they did work around it. Uh, and it seemed like the people there uh, in Saudi liked it. And by the way, they didn't. I believe I didn't pay that close attention. I don't even think they were ever really saying where they were, like the actual country, uh, WWE. So, and as you guys know, there's a lot of negative backlash about this. I saw on some of the. Some different news channels uh, were talking about non-wrestling stuff on TV, and and uh, I can't remember the show. This one guy, what's the guy's name from the UK? A Brit with glasses. I don't remember. His funny guy, and he really ripped them on his show. I think he's. I don't know if he's on Comedy Central. Um, you guys will treat me. Tell me his name. I can't remember his name. Um, I happened to be ta- channel surfing, and I saw him on there, and, and he did a segment, and he, he was really going at WWE on it. He's a funny guy, though. He does it like. In- comedic sarcastic fashion you know but anyway look uh i thought crown jewel was if you didn't watch it i mean it was good i mean there's nothing wrong with tournament stuff you know you can't you know i mean like i said to you guys in the last podcast or the podcast previous i remember a time in wwe where where booker they could not the writers you there you know damn you if you book or attempt to book a tournament that's lazy booking damn it come on let's get creative you know, now it's like you see tournaments left and right, and you see these type of things left and right. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think it's fine, but um, you know, the the all the matches in the rounds I thought were all solid, good matches. Mysterio, Randy Orton in the first round where where uh, Ray won the match, I, I thought it was good, and they had Randy get his heat back with the RKO. I thought that was fine. You know, Miz, uh, he ended up beating Jeff Hardy in another first round match, but that was good. And Seth, you know, taking out Lashley. I would like to see Lashley maybe, I mean, because the push they're kind of giving him as the, I mean, I wouldn't mind Lashley winning, but he lost in the first round. And obviously Ziggler and Kurt Angle uh, in the first round. But, you know, so I I, I, I like the, um, I definitely liked it. Oh, and by the way, AJ, uh, he ended up being victorious over Samoa Joe for the WWE title. Um, and I that was another really good match. These two guys just working great together all the time. You guys know that. They have great chemistry. That goes without saying. That's why I almost didn't have to say it. Um and Nakamura uh, got a victory at the top of the show, and he ended up beating um, uh, Rusev, uh, you know, to retain, you know, to, he's at the U.S. title, does Nakamura. And that's a guy who, you know, we've seen him in his NXT, you know, the, the push, the success and all this and how people loved him. And, yeah, he's at the U.S. title, so it's not like he's not getting pushed. He's on TV a lot, but it's just, um, 
you know, he's a guy that the kick is strong style. He's a guy that could be a hood ornament guy for you. But I told you guys a long time ago about him that it probably wouldn't happen because the lack of connectivity with promo skills because English is not Knox's first language. Obviously, Japanese is. So and that's not a knock on him, but that's just that's just the way it is. Same thing with Oscar. If I talked about this two years ago, three years ago, about these two awesome Japanese talents, that's that's the problem for them. They're making money and they're getting pushed. They're on TV, but it's not what we all expected or hoped. I didn't think it was going to happen, so I don't want to act like I was duped because I wasn't. How about that? <laughs> That's right. I wasn't duped. You were duped. I wasn't duped. How about that? <laughs> what a douche comment that was. Good way to get over with your audience, Taz. Good job. Uh, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Taz Show. It was a lot of fun. And, um, and check out Crown Jewel. You're a wrestling fan. It's fine. If you don't want to check it out, some people boycott it for their political views. I respect that. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever you want to do. You know, I don't pass judgment on nobody. Whatever. It's no big deal. I'm just a broken down, washed up fucking wrestler doing radio. That's me. All right, bro. Listen, appreciate you guys. Love you. Be at you during the week here with a couple more podcasts. I'm Taz. You're not. Be well. Take care. My circle is getting smaller, all these people acting fake, man And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love Haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts And when I'm back at home, it never feels the A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. During Owner Appreciation Month, finance get $3,750 total cash allowance on the purchase of select 2020 Jeep Compass Latitude 4x4 models in dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Compass Latitude models as of 1-3-2020 in dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark.